eight films, four staples, and four sci-fi. Duke it out for Toho Supremacy in the Toho Miniseries Takedown. No, I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to start us out on a negative note and ask you oh, which no. one of these disappointed you the most. So I was like, oh, no. Man, that's, no, no. We'll get this is there. a celebration. We'll get there. This is a celebration. This is a celebration. <laughs> uh, whether it's a bow down or a takedown, you know, we, we celebrate the films that we have just completed for a series. And, and, and Alex, originally we were going to do a, a recap episode after each one of our miniseries. So just to review for our listeners, we had the Toho Basics, um, which which consisted of Varan, Rodan, mm-hmm. or yeah, that's yeah. right, Varan, Rodan, Mothra, and Atragon. Yes. And then we just finished Toho in Space, which was the Mysterians Battle in Outer Space, Gorath and the War in Space. Um, so we put those two together uh, into one recap episode because we have some special uh, holiday episodes. Mm-hmm. The first one of which we will preview at the end of the show. I'm excited about it. Ho, 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 ho. Anyway, welcome back. We are the Monsters vs. Men podcast, uh, the bargain basement of the Kaiju podcasting airwaves uh this week as we try to stay alive we are talking as we've already said we're talking about the takedown of our toho miniseries mm, yeah and some of these films I'm, pro- I'm glad that we have uh taken down eric because uh <laughs> it is uh a couple of these were a little rough spots uh namely yeah. one movie we watched twice and then we didn't even talk about the, the one we watched yeah. twice <laughs> Right. Yeah, we'll get into it. I'm sure we'll get into it. Shall we jump right into some of these discussion questions, Alex? And then we'll uh, do our awards. And as always, for our recap episodes, we do our battles ranking, which will come at the end. But let's go ahead and jump into our discussion first. Uh, You you had something negative to say at the top of the show. Do you have something negative to ask me now? Well, you know, maybe maybe you can help me workshop this question to something less negative, but. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's a one of these, or maybe two of these movies, I probably want to jettison into space, never to be seen uh-huh. again. Uh-huh. Um, I guess my question, Eric, is going to be, if you could, which one of these deserves a redo in the modern era that we've seen? Mm. Oh, interesting. So, like, which film would I like to see redone? Yeah, yeah. And, or and, like- you know, you don't, you don't have to, like, oh, this one was, uh, it was mediocre, so I don't have to touch this one. But this bad one, yeah. I want to redo this in mm. spectacular fashion. I'll go mm. ahead and go first. Yeah, go ahead. You have so, something in mind. Uh, yeah. So, actually, I didn't. But yeah, I'm thinking about <laughs> it. And I, for me, I think everybody knows what our worst movie is probably, is probably going to be. But for me, I think yeah. the war in space is the one that could really use like a modern overhaul. Hmm. Because it feels like it is on the cusp of like greatness almost mm. but mm. that it just needs that that 21st century uh 
special effects overhaul I, I, you know special effects are great but the overhaul the the pacing needs to be kept up to a more modern pacing because it feels like it is just a little shy of like that 80s era where everything goes almost too fast mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know so i i think it could have used a little bit of a pacing update that we see with a lot more modern eras and i think we could have seen i think movies nowadays would have given uh, Jimmy more justice in his crusade mm. to save the earth. Yeah. Like, can you imagine him running across a ship, <laughs> blasting someone in the face right before he jumps off of it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be good. Uh, I didn't think about the war in space. To me, the war in space, it would be interesting. I, but the, the 21st century effects, I don't know if that would help much because... I think the effects were pretty good in the war in space one. Yes. And the other thing that I did like about the war in space were those campy elements, um, the kind of the off the wall moments uh, <laughs> that we didn't expect that we laughed about that ended up being kind of endearing. Yeah, you're right. So the war in space is interesting because like if it had a modern treatment, it'd probably try to take away some of those things and I, I wouldn't want it to become something generic, you know? Mm. Um, so that would be my worry. But, as I'm thinking about this question, I'm thinking about Varan, um, which mm-hmm. is is one of it's going to be on what, the bottom of our list probably. Um, <laughs> but I, as I'm thinking about it, I just think there's a ton of potential there. Uh, there's a ton of potential. Remember the how how much we raved about the first 30 minutes of that movie? Yes, um, so good. Uh, something. It might remind me a little bit of. I, I'm looking forward to when we get to finally. Uh, get to our King Kong series in 2021, Alex. <laughs> and we, uh, yes. hopefully as long as uh, Godzilla versus Kong comes out, you know, they're, um, they're going to drop that movie with, with like 30 days notice, Eric, and we're not going to yeah, have enough time to just cram it in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's a shame. Maybe that's where we'll move here in 2021. Maybe we'll go ahead and, and do that King Kong series in anticipation of that. Okay. Um, but, um, remember, you remember Peter Jackson's King Kong? Yeah. There's a lot of time there on the island and just with the mystery of that island mm-hmm. that I think could be a really cool f- factor in a more modern day Varan. I also think you could do it almost like in an indie scale sense. Um, mm. Something a little bit less, not, not necessarily Hollywood budget necessarily, um, keeping it pretty low scale and focusing it in on the mystery of uh, an island and a monster that lies within. Mm. I think that could be cool. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's interesting that you and me both picked movies that we were in love with the first like fifteen to thirty minutes of. Because I yeah. actually love the War in Space's first the uh, yeah. fifteen twenty minutes probably, and then yeah. I think I think a lot of our maybe our wanting to correct these stems from it feels like missed opportunities followed suit. Right. Right. Well. This this next question, Alex, is maybe a little bit more positive here. Not that that one ended up being too negative, but when considering the kaiju genre as a whole, which of these eight films feels the most iconic and why? Mm. Uh, for me, I think a lot of people thinking seeing this question would probably think Rodan, but I th- mm-hmm. or not Rodan. Uh, I think a lot of people seeing this question would think Mothra. And I say that because I think a lot of Mothra's future prominence plays a role mm-hmm. into maybe mm-hmm. thinking that. But 
But I really think Rodan is like the pinnacle kaiju movie in terms of, aside from Godzilla, where we get everything that you could ask for <laughs> in this type yeah. of film. Uh, especially with the mystery and everything that it builds to. It builds to like this crescendo towards the end. And while there are a few hit or misses uh, after the second Rodan shows up, I, I think the for the most part, the film really excellently portrays this monster in almost like a, not quite an indie scale, because I think those insect monsters were probably <laughs> a, a financial... Mm, yeah. They cost a lot of money to make, probably. But <laughs> we don't really see Rodan for such a long time, and I love that that buildup of tension and terror that ultimately pays off in like the destruction of Japan in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I actually agree with Rodan. It's what I had in mind when thinking about that question. And we talked in that episode um, kind of about just some of these tropes. And when I mention these tropes, I don't necessarily think about them in terms of every single kaiju movie is like this. But usually you're going to have these elements in a kaiju movie. And usually they're in this order. And sometimes they're repeated, of course. And these tropes are in there not because people are like thinking about them and, and writing them into their movie, but because they're just kind of basic human right conditions. Yeah. Um, so you've got, you know, at the beginning of the movie, mystery and suspicion. That mystery and suspicion moves into panic and confusion, which once they finally grow to uh, awareness of this monster at hand, then they have this acceptance. All right, we need to come up with a solution. That usually leads to the solution in crisis because it's a failed solution, right? The humans fail. Um, Sometimes it's reverse, it's crisis, and then they have a solution. Mm -hmm. But then finally at the end, they come together with that creativity and there's normally a moment of reflection about this whole process. Mm. I've described it in a couple different ways, but as I was thinking about it, Alex, I was thinking about uh, the five C's. You know, you've got confusion, moving to chaos, into clarity, crisis and then creativity at at the end i know man i know that's that tm that i'm gonna tm that right now uh so when we write our book about uh kaiju someday we can use that (laughs) on our chapter for for genre tropes is is this gonna be something that in our gamma movie that our hero is reading about uh and then he puts down a little easter egg about us yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but rodan uh and i bring all those up is because rodan i think fits that perfectly um it has all those elements and it has a great balance of those elements the ending is just so fantastic uh that final moment which i think we'll get to a little bit in our awards Mm. it's definitely the epitome of a kaiju movie for me. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of the reasons why this movie is one of the ones I keep remembering more than uh-huh. others. Sure, um, sure. Do you have any favorite designs of the, you know, we watched eight movies, but we'll just say six <laughs> monsters <laughs> that were encountered in the series. Yeah, we, we won't count. Um, <laughs> Uh, we, won't, we won't count Commander Hell or the Wookiee in the Warren space. <laughs> Even though we probably should, because, you know, it, hey, just so you know, my modern interpretation would explore that relationship. 
Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> what did we decide on was the monster in Battle of, in Outer Space? Uh, it's it's just those little uh, I forgot their Natals. Oh, Natals, <laughs> I think. Is what yeah, the little ape astronauts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Mogera. Uh, I I think Mogera is just a fantastic monster from the Mysterians because he's so unlike anything we've seen before. Um, I mean, he's a mole. A robot, yes. a robot mole, a square robot mole, and his reveal is is the one thing I believe it was my standout effect for that movie. Um, his reveal, where he just basically crumbles out of a mountain, mm-hmm. is so fantastic. And then he just goes on a rampage for ten whole minutes. Yeah, um, right, right in the first third of the movie too. Uh, when we talk about the order of those tropes before, <laughs> that's not that's not typical no. for for these types of films. Um, and it, it might have been, as we said, a lost opportunity to bring him back uh, for some more destruction at the end. But Mogera, you, you got to go with Mogera. He yeah. was awesome. Yeah, which is why I also went with him for this uh, for this question because he nice. is a standout. I mean, I think if I sat back and I looked at all the monsters individually, I might pick. I might pick Mothra um, if I could, but I think because I've seen her so much just throughout my entire life, she doesn't really stand out to me much anymore. Mm-hmm. But seeing O'Gara, yeah. he is so different from everything else. He's not organic. He's he's mm-hmm. he's unique in the ways that, well, he's more unique than Mechagodzilla because Mechagodzilla is just kind of a robot Godzilla. <laughs> so <laughs> I just really like the unique design aspects. I like how clunky he is and mm-hmm. how stiff he is. And it, it's just, he's just very unique in the monsters that we've seen so far. For sure. Yeah. I think you're right there. Um, last question. Yeah. Uh, which movie surprised you most? Um, and to add on to that, maybe, uh, which one had the biggest impact on you? So it's a two-parter. Which one surprised you most, and which one had the biggest impact on you? Hmm, that's a good, that's a good question. So the one that surprised me the most was hands down Gorath, uh, just because I think it's I've never really heard anyone refer to Gorath as anything uh, like even its existence. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen anyone really talk mm-hmm. about, and the fact that it is so great is it's shocking that we haven't heard more about this movie. I wonder if it's because the monster isn't, isn't that very, isn't all that interesting. I mean, he's only in it for like 10 mm-hmm. minutes or why we haven't heard it really in our community. Uh, but yeah. Gorath is a standout. The way they handle their tone and the impending possible doom with like this hopefulness throughout the entire film is really impressive. Even if I'm not on board with the uh, forgetting of the memory uh, plot, the rest of it is pretty great. And there's really not a whole lot to complain about, especially those opening moments are, uh, as you and me said on that episode, like a perfect short film. (laughs) Man. It is. It is really memorable. And I think that might be why this is also my most memorable, because of those opening 15 minutes. Because they are they are just perfectly done. Yeah, no, I am right with you, man. Like uh, Gorath surprised me the most. Um, I, I yeah, I didn't have any expectations going into this film, and then I and then I watch it. And I'm like, this is an underrated gem. <laughs> like this thing, this thing hits yes. <laughs> in 2020. This thing hits. <laughs> um, 
And no one talks about it. Yeah. No one talks about it. And it's probably because of that element where uh, the giant walrus kaiju um, that gets destroyed rather easily just isn't a prominent feature. Right. Which I understand. Um, it's not supposed to be a prominent feature in, in this film. Really, the, the, the threat is Gorath, uh, the star coming towards Earth. Uh, in an existential crisis sort of way. Um, that's the story. Hey, what what was its film. math again? What, what was its mass again? Oh, 6,000 <laughs> times Earth <laughs> and growing. <laughs> Will you ever forget that? No, never. Was it it was 6,000, right? I think so. I think so. <laughs> uh, something like that. It, they said it 15 times. I can't. Oh, man. <laughs> and then the one that impacted me the most would probably be Mothra. Um, it had been hyped up for me. And so maybe I was like just cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it and it was just as good, if not better than what I was expecting. Um, right. which doesn't happen very often, uh, especially with some of these, these movies that, that we've grown accustomed to, like they can sometimes blend together a little bit yes. after watching them week after week after week. Um, but that one stood out. It just is the perfect blend for me of comedy, humor, that's the same thing, mm. <laughs> drama, <laughs> action, kaiju effects, uh, character. It, it has everything. So Social commentary. It has everything in that movie. Um, and it's so hard to bounce those tones, but it finds a way to do it. Mm. Uh, so Mothra for me has the biggest impact, well you're you're sure. actually right about which one has the most impact like i kind of want to change my noun because yours has snapping turtle it does have snapping turtle <laughs> Toho's bad and that man. one snapping turtle can save your life <laughs> <laughs> hey uh this week on mvm plus we are going to talk about alex our favorite christmas gifts mm. that you've ever received oh. what's, what's your favorite christmas gift you have ever received Ooh. um and then what have you been listening to recently? Have you been listening to any any good music? Oh. This is something we don't normally talk about. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. In which, I'm always listening. We, to I don't music. even know. I don't even know what you listen to, man. Uh, um, we 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 formed a rock band together back in college, but well, when the band broke up, we just we just kind of had distanced ourselves. I guess it's one of the sore subjects in our uh, relationship. We, we don't talk about Cellblock B too often, do we? <laughs> Uh, but I'm also going to see if Neely comes around, I'm going to have her join us for MVM plus. Um, Cause I want to hear what her favorite Christmas gift is and what she thinks about what I've been listening to recently, because I don't think she's been too thrilled with my listening habits mm. and you might be surprised uh -oh. about what I've been listening uh -oh. to recently. Wu so Wu -Tang. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that in MVM plus today, but let's go ahead and move into these awards, Alex. Mm. Uh, these awards you can only use. Uh, and, and to be honest, I, I cheated a little bit this time. Oh, but Lord. we're supposed Coming to kind clean. Of, we're supposed to, <laughs> we're clean. supposed to use only a film only once. Um, you cheated. I have multiple. I, I cheat every time, to be honest, because I, I give multiple runners up. <laughs> um, <laughs> they could be moments that we've mentioned before or not. Uh, so. Yeah, that that's that's what we got. Um, let's start with our coolest character award, and I think I, your answer you've already said yeah. his name. Mm -hmm. um, you know it's coming. If the audience does not know this character by now, they should. Then they should. 
they they need to go watch Mothra immediately. Yeah, if they don't know the name, then we will just repeat it every episode from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> and that my character is Toho's Batman, Zenichiro Snapping Turtle Fukuda, who is just yes. the most hilarious, uh, badass character. <laughs> he really is. In, in all of Toho, uh, in all of the Godzilla, or in all the films that we've seen on this show. He is the standout. Him and uh, Douglas Gordon from Final Wars. Oh. <laughs> um, those are the two characters that really, they stand at the top above everybody else. They stand at the top. Of how just incredible they are. Well, you might think Douglas Gordon would take on the snapping turtle in a, in a fight. He might. No, he, he loses. The snapping he would lose. turtle. He would lose. I mean, the snapping turtle is surprisingly quick and <laughs> agile. <laughs> <laughs> comes out of nowhere but he is he is a beast man and that face that he makes when he's fighting oh man it's intense yeah you, you uh, know you don't stand a chance <laughs> no no once you look into those eyes once you look into the eyes of the snapping turtle you don't stand a chance <laughs> is he like medusa uh, now <laughs> all right what about your character uh, yeah i mean honestly like that's that's who i was gonna go with too so i'm glad you chose him I'll just agree with you 100%, mm. and then I'll give you two runner-ups. I'll give you Captain Jinguchi from Atragon, mm. you know, the long-lost father. Yes. He is pretty awesome. He is awesome. Um, even, even if I don't agree with, like, the stance that he takes, right. the way that he holds himself, the dignity that he has, the respect that others do pay him, um, he is a, he is a pretty cool character. Mm-hmm. And then my other runner up <laughs> is for a character who is the epitome of cool in the sense that he just seems so chill all the time. And that is Dr. Sujimoto from Varan. Remember <laughs> he's, he has no expression ever yes, <laughs> and, ever. and he's just so calm the entire time. And I, I really liked his performance. I don't say that in a negative way. Actually, he was just so <laughs> chill uh, to everything so stoic that he just stood out to me as one of the coolest characters uh, from this. Series. So he's Eric, the Toho character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. What about your uh, <laughs> What about your most memorable line award? Uh, so I I asked for some input uh, on Twitter for a couple of these things and. Our, our previous guest and, and friend of the podcast, Raphael Coronelli, said his most memorable lines are the lyrics to the Mothra song as sung by the Peanuts. And I was like, yeah, I, I love that song. Yes. But I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have not thought about the lyrics at all. So I had to go look them up. Um, and so the song's lyrics originate from the Indonesian language. But here, they're the, the kind of approximated to these Japanese pronunciations. And it's it's translated like this. And I do really, I agree with him. This is my most memorable line once I read All these right. lyrics. It says, I'm going fl- to flap my wings while you do this. And that way we're more uh, <laughs> authentic. Aligned. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, hopefully the audience can hear my, my wings flapping. <laughs> Mothra o Mothra. A forgotten kindness and ruined spirits. We pray for the people's spirit as we sing the song of love. Um, and I do think it's just apt. It's apt for, for the moment. It's apt for the film. It's apt for who Mothra is as a character. Mm. So 
I'm going to go with with those lines uh, from Raphael Coronelli, who, who pointed those out to me after I was ignorant about what they actually said. So <laughs> those are great lines. Yeah. I love them. So those are going to be my most memorable lines. I, uh, I tried to fan my microphone while you said that. I doubt it came through, but I'm really hoping it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about yours, Alex? What was your most memorable line? Mine's from Varan, and it's, it's been 25 minutes and nothing's happened. <laughs> Which really sums up that movie. Um, it's the most metal line. Yeah. It is the most metal line of, of any yeah, of these Yeah, so kudos, kudos for self-reflection uh, yeah, on their part. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, mine has to be the captain who dies at the beginning of Gorath. Um, Jun Tazaki... Uh, I think he was playing Rizo Sonoda, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> wow. er- Eric's laughing because he uh, he added the name for me in here because I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I remember right. So you know, but mm-hmm. my encyclopedic memory. Um, but he, I think he's just great the way he sentences, sentences his crew to die, essentially. But he does it in a way that. He gives them all purpose, and he knows that it's it's all for the greater good. And it is just really a phenomenally uh, well made character for just a few minutes of the opening of the movie. Like mm-hmm. I don't think many characters in our series, ex- aside from Snapping Turtle, of course, even matched this character that they developed so right. quickly. Well, you know it's. That's why it's the same actor who played Captain Jinguchi, Jinguchi from Atragon, mm-hmm. Alex. Um, and he has that same demeanor. And it is perfect casting for that character because it's someone that demands respect. Um, uh, Jun Tazaki is just someone that y- y- you look at and you're like, all right, I need to listen to what this guy has <laughs> yes. to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? So for me, though, yeah, for me, I'm going to go with. Rio Akebe, who was in Battle in Outer Space, Gorath, and the War in Space. Oh, wow. You know, he starts off just by being the guy with the cool hair, but he evolves to being in the War in Space, then he becomes the leader. Um, right. And I just love his performances. He's not in many of the, I don't think he's in, is he in any of the Godzilla films? I don't think he is. Um, I'm not going to say because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He might be. He, tell us. I feel tell like us he if, is. He, if he knows, since message. He's probably. He has to be in one, right? He has to be in one. But he's just not. He's not a standout actor. But here in the sci-fi, the Toho and Space series, he was in three of our four films and played a leading role uh, in each of them. So, for the span of his uh, like filmography for our series in mm-hmm. his performances definitely uh deserve praise i'm gonna go with a keve here yeah eric I, you know i'm just glancing through a very very long filmography right now and i don't mm-hmm. see that he was in a godzilla movie i could overlook yeah. it of course but yeah and it's interesting you know it's interesting some of these actors that we've seen just they weren't in they weren't the godzilla staples we talked about um snapping turtle yeah. <laughs> he was in a, a godzilla film um and same with Akebe here, so it's it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I do I do have some runner ups oh, by the oh, way. Okay. Ken, Kenji Sahara, 
Kenji Sahara and Rodan. That's the best Kenji Sahara performance um, oh, okay. that I've I've had. And then a runner up number two is Kenji Sahara <laughs> with a beard. <laughs> because he has a beard in Atragon. So both Kenji Saharas are my runners up. <laughs> um for for our series here. <laughs> well, why was Kenji Sahara with a beard not your number one? Is my question. Oh man, he's he's fantastic. He really is. <laughs> uh, what about your uh, standout effect award? And it can't be Kenji Sahara's beard. No, but that was a great effect. Um, I will go with. Uh, I wanted to go with the Gorath flood scene because I I haven't praised Gorath enough in these awards, um, but. And because that Gorath flood scene is unlike anything, right, we've gotten. Right. Um, I expect to see something like that. If we ever watch Tokyo Sinks, is that what it's Japan called? Sinks. Yeah, Japan Sinks. If we ever watch Japan Sinks, I imagine we might see a scene similar, mm-hmm. right? But we haven't seen a flood scene like that um, caused by the tsunami. And it was, it was fantastic. Uh, so I thought about going with that. I also thought about going with one of the Rodan destruction scenes because those destruction scenes are absolutely phenomenal. Mm. But I'm actually going to go with the ending effect of Rodan's death because it's just the perfect combination of happenstance and uh, execution where Rodan's, you know, the second Rodan puppet is is trying to escape the the flames mm-hmm. and, and it kind of gets caught. And it's an accident. Yes. And it looks like it's struggling out and then it falls back in. It's really, really moving. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it reflects what's happening in the score and in the characters' reactions, the actors' reactions, as the glow of this fire is on their face and they're watching this take place. Mm. Um, so Rodan's death scene has got to be a standout effect for me in this series. Yeah, uh, that, that's a really memorable one. Uh, yeah. um, mine would be, you know, I really like the city destruction in Atragon, but mm-hmm. there, there's this, that minor effect in the Mysterians that out that edges it out, and it is the swirling vortex of doom that sucks that tank in, and the oh, guy right, has to leap right. from it. Uh, <laughs> that effect... I, yeah, I want to go back and watch it and again and make sure like it looks as good as I keep thinking it does. But I, I really like it. It looks good. I don't know if it's that good, Eric, but it's Eric, good. Leave my swirling ground <laughs> vortex of doom alone. <laughs> hey, hey, you can't say anything. Just a couple weeks ago, I gave my award to a ship uh, slightly moving on a wire. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. So. Oh man. <laughs> No, it is good. It is good. I I remember that scene, uh, and it it looks really it looks realistic for the most part. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, what what about your? Oh, that's a good shot award. Um, mine's got to be the finale of Atragon, where the I, I forgot the the name of the race of sea people, um, the seamen. Um, I forgot their name, but you know the the, the they've blown up their. Their uh, I almost called it hotel. Uh, <laughs> they've blown up their everything. I mean, they've they've committed genocide on their entire population, and the sky is filled with this orange smoke. And she's swimming in this like deep blue water, and it's just this like awesome image to end the film on, and it just looks phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, that is a great scene 
it's not the thing that I chose. Um, but for me, I went back and forth a little bit. Tokyo Lives said this. <laughs> this is Rob from Tokyo Lives. Mm-hmm. He chose – we we keep on praising Rodan. Maybe that will come back up in our rankings. He says, I really hold on to how perfect the air raid siren scene is in Rodan. Mm-hmm. All the low angle shots establish the scale and weight of the destruction you're about to witness. And the miniatures set they built of the city is so accurate. And it is like, I, I love that scene. Um, it's, it's yeah. great. I'm actually going to go with a smaller, shorter uh, single shot. And that is when in, in the Warren space, when the Goten is leaving Venus and it goes through the clouds there and we get the lightning in the clouds. Mm. Pretty cool. Awesome. Pretty cool effect. Pretty cool shot. That's the one I have to go with. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It is. Um, All right. Well, you know what time it is, Alex. Yes. It is no holds bar in Moscow. Rankings battle of our Toho miniseries. Ding, ding, ding. Um, And let's start with your number nine film. All right. So... I actually had to put some thought into why why I put this one last, right? So we're doing nine films in our ranking, right? Because we're doing both versions of Varan. <laughs> yeah. I actually right. put the original version of Varan as number nine. Now, mm. it sounds like heresy, and you're probably right. But <laughs> I, when I think about how much enjoyment I got out of each version of this movie... Mm-hmm. I laughed and still remember way more of Varan the Unbelievable than I do of normal Varan. Like, I think of the hilarious uh, sneak attack scene on our protagonist that is never again addressed. And it's just hilarious. I think about <laughs> a guy. Is a it is. It's so good. And then I think about a guy being scared of a rant and just falling off a cliff for no reason. Like, <laughs> there are all these moments that, like, while the movie has some severe problems, like, more than just, uh, more than just, like, the pacing issues that we had with uh, standard Varan, I remember... This one, I remember Unbelievable way more than I do the the original Varan. So, I got to put Varan right. number nine. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I have it reversed. So, you have Varan at number nine and Varan the Unbelievable at number eight? Yeah. Okay. I have the Unbelievable at number nine and original Varan at number eight. The reason being is because, as I stated at the top of the show, Varan... It's first 30 minutes are actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the narrative is is done is is told well and the mystery and suspense is done extremely well. There's there's a tone there that's created, you know, and it's not that's not in Veranda Unbelievable where we get our uh, group of three protagonists in the jungle and the suspense created in those scenes is palpable. And so to me, like just for the film quality aspect, I have to put Varan uh, above Varan the Unbelievable, even if the last hour um, drags on about 45 minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, so so for me, it goes Varan the Unbelievable, Varan. And then my number seven film is Battle in Outer Space. 
battle in outer space. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, Which is low. It is that's low, low, but I, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that's not low f- for me because I know people love this film. One of our uh, listeners and supporters, Kyoe Toshi, loves this film. Uh, it's her favorite of the Toho and space films that we've we've reviewed. She said. Um, this was her favorite almost entirely for the final battle and the incredible Ucho Desenso music that backs it. Mm. Even though I can't hear it now without seeing kamikaze trains and sweeping purple rays of death in my mind's eye. Not a big Ifukube fan, <gasps> but this one is great. Kyoe, oh, why did you have to say that last sentence? <laughs> <laughs> she's just she's just being real. She's just being real. I, I get it. I get it. Um, you do you? And you know, Chris Chris Stewartson, um, a former guest of our show and future guest of our show, um, he also is a big uh, defender of Battle Outer Space. And I get it. It's, his technical effects uh, are right up there mm-hmm. um, with the best of these. But for me, and, and I mean, it blows other films. Of, of its time, like sci-fi films of its time, space films of its time, it blows most of them out of the water. For me, though, I was just bored, right? There, there weren't stakes involved. Mm. Um, the characters were lacking. I can't remember a single character in that film. Still, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I actually, I can remember uh, Akebe's character, um, the scientist. Yeah. That's the only character I can remember. That's it. Mm. Um, and that's the issue. Yeah, that's the it issue. is an issue. So, Battle in Outer Space is is my number seven. Okay, I'm I had these four spots that were almost almost entirely from our sci fi series that all vie for similar spaces in my lineup. So, there's a pretty big leap between Varan and whatever's next. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. I, even now, I still don't know if I want to put this one at number seven, but I think I'm going to have to. I'm going to put the Mysterians at my number seven. I I think it's I think it's well done. I don't have a whole lot of complaints except for I think the laser battle at the in the finale really drags it down to it. It gets pretty mm. boring. And then I also, you know, how you said you can't remember any characters. Well, I feel the same way about the Mysterians. And actually, some some of these movies I feel the same way about, where I can't really remember a lot of the characters. Uh, but you've got to remember Akihiko Harada's character in The Mysterians. Um, oh, yeah. That's a memorable character. Now that you've pointed yeah. him out, but no, I, I completely forgot about him. But yeah, he, I got you, I got you. <laughs> what about you? What, what do you have for your number six? Well, I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit and tell you that The Mysterians is my number four, Ooh. since we're talking about it. Um, the Mysterians <laughs> is my number four. So we may, you said these these next couple films are uh, close together for you. So in our joint list, we always create our, our joint list as we battle this out. We may put that one um, a little bit higher. Just, I mean, I do think there's a lot to be said for The Mysterians. Um, and Jack, our, our, our buddy Jack said, Mysterians of these four, the the four sci-fi films that we watched, he said Mysterians is his favorite by a landslide. Wow. It's a visual wander from costumes, sets to effects. It inspired much that came after it. And while the formula was copied and improved, maybe in future films, there's a beauty to its simplicity. Plus the universalism versus xenophobia debate over the narrative is fun. I agree with him. And then uh, Jamal Abdul Rahim said, 
the Mysterians. And reasons for the Mysterians, Mogera, yeah. the self-conflicted and tortured Ryochi, um, the dramatic conclusive climax, and the reason behind the Mysterians invasion. Yeah, I mean, you remember the reason behind the Mysterians' invasion, or you remember the Mysterians' demand, at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what was it? It's uh, Give us your women. Yeah, your women and, what, three kilometers of land or something like that? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I mean, they're, like the Mysterians have some great elements in Oh, it, yeah. And that climax is awesome. Um, it is. I agree. It's it's really cool. Uh, and Mysterians, to me, is, is my number four. And it deserves some love, I think, Alex, from you. I, I think it deserves some love from somebody else. No, 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 no. I, it, it is it is good. Uh, again, just because it's seven, it doesn't mean I don't like this movie. I just have to I have to explain we'll, why we'll move, it's so far down. That I can't really yeah, talk about we'll, why. We'll move it up on our list. Oh, we'll my God. Up, I'm sure. Hmm. I'm sure. No, we will. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> what about your number six? Uh, mine's actually Atragon. Uh, All right, my six is Atragon too. Oh well, so there we go. Look at that. Yeah, um, that might that might push it down to our number seven overall. Oh yeah, you're right. It might. <laughs> um, so I really liked Atragon, even though the stakes aren't prevalent throughout the film, uh, which leads a little bit of uh, disconnect when our heroes have to wipe out an entire other species. Um, there is a lot of fun in it. I love the sets. I love, our, I, I really think our characters are interesting, especially the captain. I like mm-hmm. our intro. I think the, the sea people are really fun. I really just enjoyed the movie overall. I just wish the stakes were prevalent throughout, but that's really my main complaint. Yeah. Yeah. No, Atragon is the real monster in that movie. And I'm right with you at putting it at number six. It was good. It wasn't, it wasn't, higher on my list because it wasn't great for me but it was a good solid film uh, and i can understand why many would love it um what about your number five uh number five is battle in outer space i i really actually ended up enjoying this one more than i thought i would especially as we talked about it even though you were down on it i kind of kept moving up on it a little bit more and I really like the sequences traveling to the moon and on the moon, even if it goes on just a little too long. I also like that our, we have a character that gets mind-controlled, actually kills somebody else, a, a part of the crew, and he has to sacrifice. He decides to sacrifice himself, despite it not really being his fault. I just really yeah, like those he was the best. He was the best character in that film. He was. I remember him now that we mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was the best. Um, my number five... Uh, was the war in space. Um, and Constantine Furman, one of our listeners on Twitter, said, the best one of the sci-fi films is The Mysterians, but my favorite is The War in Space. You heard me. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. <laughs> There's a lot to like uh, and enjoy in The War in Space. I can see how that would be someone's favorite. You know, in yeah. maybe not the, the greatest of these films, but definitely... Um, enjoyable yeah, to say the for least. sure for sure which is why i put it at my number four uh yes. the, i i enjoyed the film you know i had I had my gripes with reusing the effects shots multiple times and a little pacing in the middle but i had a really good time and the more we talked about the movie and our during our episode the more i really came around on it Th- yeah, this is a yeah. fun goofy movie <laughs> 
we would have we would have enjoyed watching that one together i think i think so sure. too because there's a That's lot a to one. laugh at whether intentional or unintentional and it's just it's i think it's a really fun ride yeah no i, I i'm right there with you my, my number four was the mysterians as i already mentioned i jumped ahead a little bit mm-hmm. but let's pause right here okay because we we have the same top three it looks like oh do we um but let's pause I'm, I'm going to call a truce for Varance. Um, I, I think it, it's so split up the middle. I just say we say they, they have a tie at the bottom of our list. <laughs> Varane all together has a tie at the bottom of our list. Are, are you okay with this truce? Yep, yep. We're just going to we're just gonna put all Varans <laughs> at number yeah, eight. All Varans. <laughs> They're at number eight. Um, and, and it looks like Atragon has to be our number seven. Um, because it was a joint number six, but we're split on the others. So Adragon's going to be our number seven. Oh, man. Um, uh, I, I have Battle in Outer Space as my number seven. Mm. You have it as your number five. We both have the War of Space pretty high, so that's probably going to be our number four. Um, yeah, War in Space is going to be number four. It looks like, so Atragon. <sighs> so the Mysterians is higher for me personally than I think Battle Outer Space is for you. I would agree. Um, so so we put Mysterians higher. We, or we'll put it at five. <laughs> we'll put it at five. It's at five. It's only, it's only one space no, below. It's not okay. <laughs> Alright, I'll put Battle Outer Space below Mysterians. <laughs> no. What? All right, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, no, you're right. You're right. No, and then all right. I guess we'll have to duke it out. Don't do we have the same final three? Ah, uh, I think we have the same three films because okay, all okay. That's left yes, is, we do. Is yeah, we only have we have the last three films that are the same, but they're probably in a different order. Mm. So, what was your number three? And I'll share with you my number three, and we'll talk about these three films kind of together. Yeah. So these three are I'm really like debate. There's only one that I'm considering for my number one. But the okay. three and two are, are really vying for that number two spot. I'm going to put Gorath as my number three uh, okay. because I have a few more complaints about what I consider to be useless plot lines. Um, but the movie is just, it's, it's, it's you know, chef's kiss. It, it's so good. It's so well done. Like, I don't, I've, more people need to be talking about this movie. This movie needs to be in more people's top tens. Like, this thing has not gotten enough praise. No, I'm right there with you. Um, Goreth is awesome. It is my number two of these films. Um, there's just so much about it to enjoy. And I don't even have the same complaints as you do. Uh, it is, it's so high up there for me. Uh, it even edges Rodan. Um, which is my number three. Oh. Rodan is my number three. Yeah. Wow. Because see, Rodan is my number one. Nice. And uh, nice. for a while there, I put Mothra above it. But mm-hmm. when I when I just reflect on the two movies, I think more about Rodan than I do Mothra. Hmm. Uh, hmm. And that's really all it comes down to. Because there's, this, there's a big chunk of that movie that I forget about. And then when I remember it, I'm like, that's really special. And that's that... Hmm. That's that that build up because whenever I think of Rodan, I think of him flying over and like mysteriously killing people. And then the ending scene, but I almost completely yeah. forget about all of the like horror elements 
with oh, the right. insects crawling around the town and that whole mystery that builds up that entire yeah. movie. It always slips my mind. And that is such an unusual and unique element in these films. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, I love Rodan. Rodan's great. Um, it was, it was just slightly beaten by correct Gorath for me. Mm. And then my final film, my number one film, you've mentioned it. Um, actually I should say with Gorath, uh, our buddy Corey chimed in and said, Gorath is a film that is well-paced, well-written, tonally consistent, and beautifully executed. The characters are memorable. Gorath's presence is consistently felt throughout and never forgotten. The score elevates the story, and the miniatures are some of Toho's best. Huh? And I'm right there with him. I think yeah, that those are great reasons right. listed. Uh, Gorath is a great film. Um, I think he's absolutely spot on. But that leads me to my number one film, which is Mothra. Mm. Um Mothra to me Mothra. is all those things that, co- that, yeah, it's exactly. It's all those things Corey just mentioned about Gorath with the Mothra song <laughs> and with a little bit more humor, honestly. And it's that levity. It's actually like the levity of Mothra mixed with the social commentary of Mothra that make it a standout for me. Mm. Um, one that is just hard to surpass. Whenever we we rank these films, Alex, I give it a 4.5 out of 5, which the only other film that has received a 4.5 out of 5 is Godzilla 54 um, ah. for me. So it's it's high up there on my list uh, for kaiju films. Um, so yeah, hmm. that that's my top three. I had Rodan, Gorath, and Mothra. Yeah. And, and- and it sounds like you have it different. You have... Gorath, Mothra, Rodan. I do. Ooh, that's a big. Con- we don't normally have this much contention throughout. Not, not normally. Not normally when we get to these final ones, we're pretty clear. Um, um see, they're all so high for me. I, I will accept. Uh, we can put Go- We can put Gorath third. Uh, how about Gorath third, Rodan second, Mothra first? Uh, let's just list. do this. Let's just do Rodan. We'll get Gorath because it deserves a spotlight a little bit. I'm actually up for right. putting Gorath in number one. Um, and then I'm putting... <laughs> and then I'm putting it's so good. My, it is so good. <laughs> uh, just to give it that shine that it deserves. <laughs> but I'll put... I'll, I'm just going to make it your top three. Rodan, Gorath, and Mothra. Because, again, after Varan, I really enjoy these movies. And then the top yeah. three are like really high up there for me I so agree. i'm right there i'm right there with you um so our our top eight uh starting at the top <laughs> number eight we had both both versions of varan they were just tied we're, at the we'll just call them all varans list. for now on all varans all varans number seven we had atragon number six we had battle in outer space number five we had the mysterians number four we had the war in space number three we had rodan Number two, Gorath, and number one, Mothra. Um, hmm. Really, that that list could vary. You know, as I've as I've looked back on some of our other lists, Alex, those things just keep fluctuating for me. So yeah, I can't believe War in Space uh, ended up getting number four, but that that's I can't how it believe fell. War in Space got number four above Mysterians for me. It blows my mind a little. I bit. dragged it down. It's because it's because <laughs> we were split. It's because we were split on yeah, and, Battle and of Ad- Outer Space and the Mysterious. Yeah, and Atragon got dropped further than it probably should have. 
come. But Et- that's how it is. Etrigan's all the way down there. Etrigan et- got sacrificed for the greater good, I think. <laughs> In the Warren space, it's number four. Oh, that's a funny list. That's a funny list. All right, Alex. So for next week, we have got our first of two holiday specials. Um, and for this holiday season, we decided instead of being competitive, we're going to be cooperative <laughs> and we're going to do this week's rhyme together. Are you ready for our rhyme, Alex? I'm ready. As we approach the season, <laughs> as we, <laughs> as we approach the season, we'll surely see red, but the red you see might mean you be dead. <laughs> When downloading podcast, we hope you stamp us. For our next episode, we'll be all about Krampus. 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 Oh, man. This is going to be a different film for us, Alex. I have not seen Krampus, but we really haven't watched like a straight up horror film and this is a horror film would you say definitely like it's a it's a it's a it's got comedic elements in it Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. yeah definitely in the horror category okay all right interesting i i'm intrigued i was intrigued by krampus um last month uh when they were it when it when all of our lovely artists in our community were oh. doing drawing the different monsters and Krampus was one of the monsters, I believe. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to, to watch Krampus. I have not seen it before. Mm. I don't really know what it's about. I think you'll um, enjoy it actually. Ah, interesting. Well, there we go. Um, I hope, hopefully we do. And we hope that you join us today for MVM plus. Um, you can become a bargain basement club member over at, patreon.com slash mvm pod uh as we talk hopefully maybe with my wife if she's still awake uh as we talk about our favorite christmas gifts and what we've been listening to uh as always you can follow us on twitter and instagram at mvm underscore pod on letterbox i'm eric muley where i have this list published uh on letterbox you can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at our website mvmpod.com uh, Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette, Michael Herndon, and Faye Basier, our executive producers. Special thanks to our wives, Rockman for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, as always, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. Ho, 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 ho.